0: I do think if you want to maintain an edge, then you do need to be reasonably sort of aware of what is going on in the design arena and what is considered good design and trending. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Good afternoon everyone. So we're back with another episode of She Renovates. And I have to warn you that today's episode is a little bit tongue-in-cheek. So and that's why I've brought along the my favorite prankster from the <laughs> skill renovating team, James, because we've been doing a bit of riffing on this topic and we decided to bring it to your attention.
1: Hi, so, Bernadette. Glad to be here. James. A fellow painter.
0: <laughs> so, um, yes, we consider ourselves to be very well qualified to discuss the interior design trends that we think are no longer well. We think they'd be better left behind.
1: So, this is, is, an, opi- this is an opinion festival, is it? It is. Isn't it's it? an
0: opinion festival. But, you know, when we're talking about renovating for profit, there are no- nothing is ever set in stone. So you never say never, but um, let's get into it. And, okay, because I was just thinking about this, you know, when you're sort of searching on Pinterest and Instagram, when you're planning out a new reno and you keep seeing the same old, same old coming up. And, like, uh, what goes through my mind is, oh, my gosh, surely we can move on from this. And the first one is herringbone tiles. So tiles that are laid in a herringbone pattern and I should mention that I have been guilty of just about everything that I'm going to talk about today. So I'm well, that not
1: you, that, Doesn't that give you the right to comment?
0: Oh, does because it? You've, okay. You've
1: experienced it and you've been there, done that.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And, I mean, I think before we go into the deep details of herringbone tiles, but uh, I mean, you mentioned renovating for profit. And so we do have, our, have to have our fingers on the pulse of the market rather than having a formula that becomes same old, same old, and, um, you know, the formula may not keep up to date.
0: Absolutely. And to be honest with you, depending on where you're renovating, often your market is not that sophisticated. It depends where you're working. But I do think if you want to maintain an edge, then you, you, you do need to be reasonably sort of aware of what is going on in the design arena and what is considered good design and trending, although following trends can often um, take you down a long and lonely road uh, when it goes out of trend and you're stuck with your, um, you know, beautiful, I don't know, red kitchen or whatever it is and it's, you know, that ship has sailed many years ago. But, yeah.
1: Okay, so let's hear it for herringbone tiles. Why are they why are they no longer? I, I, I just think.
0: think they're overly fussy and I, yeah, and as I mentioned, yes, I have used, done the herringbone pattern and I just think they're an expensive uh, way of laying tiles and they are, very maximalist I think is the word and I think we're all moving towards a more minimal aesthetic what do you
1: think well I guess one of the things we 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 don't want to do is get our trades offside so if you've got a very fancy pattern that you want your tailor to lay then you're going to get grumbling and um you know, rather than, like, being with them and, you know, the whole process is easy. So I guess on the other side of herringbone is simple
0: mm. and clean
1: mm. and, and, and a refreshing look, which is ultimately timeless.
0: Yeah, exactly. And there is a big, there's a, there are a lot of mosaics on the market at the moment and they are very popular. In some ways, easier to lay, although they still need a really good tiler so you don't see the joins in the sheets yeah. in your laid tiles. But, yeah, I think I've been that-
1: through my, my mosaic phase. Have you? I have, <laughs> yes, in Melbourne and in Phoenix, Arizona in the US. And I did a band, like a sort of the, um, a 30 centimetre band around the, above the floor height and then a different colour. Um, above that i mean i still love a good mosaic um even though I do not like complicated designs but then again if you're the cleaner there that can be a drag to clean
0: exactly um so yes the long and the short of it is definitely a, a a more simple pattern and um you know, I, I'm I've had a love affair with um, Kit Kat tiles for quite some time, and I really even love them just in white. Um, I just think that they're a really they're a nice texture without being a fussy pattern. Super. So the next one, we're still on bathrooms. The old grey and white bathroom. You know, the white subway with the grey concrete-looking large format tile on the floor. I reckon that trend's been in for you know at least five or six years, and I just think it lacks imagination, it's got no personality.
1: so so you've been a renovator for thirty to forty years, but, you've obviously seen plenty of trends come and oh. go. Uh, when you, i mean i'm I'm taking a bit of a second take here because I'm just about to do a bathroom renovation. And guess what color tiles are are on the shortlist? Um, gray,
0: mission brown, or black.
1: Okay, well, black has been you've already said no, black James. Um, because we have to think about my resale value, but I do actually like dark, like rich colors, even the wall color behind you, I think is very attractive. Um, Absolutely, and, and so I guess it can depend on the difference. Here's Karen saying, Yes over the grey and white too. That, so I guess what's, what's the option? What am I looking at now for if um, it's not grey? I think,
0: I, think uh, I think dark tiles can be quite striking, but you need to be careful where you use them. Black, particularly on the floor, is a maintenance issue because if you get soap scum and, you know, um, powders and things, they're very hard to... To, to keep clean, I think there's a lot of you know like natural stones, um, you know terracotta, terrazzo. Um, yeah, there's there's a multitude of choices, and particularly with wall tiles, subways are still really popular. And funnily enough, I I still like subways. I prefer them not to be laid. Stretcher bond, which is where they're offset. I prefer uh, them to be stacked, but um, I think that they are still quite a good choice.
1: I like what you mentioned about the uh, um, the natural stone, uh, and like even in high quality, dare I say fake porcelain? Which is um, I have to ask you for your opinion about that. But you did give me a semi nod of approval for the lobby area of my apartment block. Which is a natural stone look.
0: Yes, I think there are some really good fakes that you can um, that you know will give you the look without the the cost and more importantly without the maintenance issue. But I have to say, I do still really like, particularly terrazzo, to be the real terrazzo. And I know there's a one we've used from Fibonacci. They mm-hmm. have some amazing terrazzo tiles. And I always, say, always think that, you know, a bathroom floor in particular is quite small. So you can sort of often stretch your budget to be able to do the floor on a really luxurious material.
1: Yeah. I mean, doing my budget, it really only comes out as a few hundred dollars difference between like a medium priced tile and a higher quality. I know, that, that, and but when you go down to the low-priced tiles, which, you know, before, if you look from a distance, you know, the, the sort of plain colours, they really are so boring. Yeah. You know? Whereas yeah. to have some character really does make a difference. So, yeah. all right, I've got some good ideas. Thank you.
0: Karen's asking to the ceiling or only half. Personally, I like them to the ceiling, although just recently we have done a couple of projects where we haven't gone fully to the ceiling um i know in simi street we're going to 2.4 meters and then we've got a dado line around um and also in Darley street uh what we did was paint the ceiling and the walls down to the tiles black and then we've got these white um kit kats so that one's just about finished so you'll be able to get to see it soon hallelujah
1: what, what did you say before Deja, i've never heard yeah. of that yeah. So, you know,
0: it's like a picture rail around and it's around at the 2.4 metre mark because it's got height three metre ceiling. So you've got 600 of wall above and um, yeah, and that seems to work. I really don't like when the tiles just come halfway up the wall. I think you better not to tile the wall if, you know, if that's what you're going to do.
1: Looks well, my, my 1980s bathroom has tiles all the way up. I think it was mm. probably high quality when it was done. So mm. I'm going to go tiles all the way up and I'm going to remove the cornice. So it's a square set ceiling. Nice.
0: Yeah. It's a good idea to remove the cornice in the bathroom because you, you worry about the ceiling being up and down, but really... When you um, when you're looking from the floor, which is much lower, you can't. You really can't pick the wavy ceiling. But of course, you can only take the cornice off if the ceiling goes right out to the wall. Otherwise, you've got a major patching yeah. ex- exercise. Karen's asking, "Have we used the new sheets of stone, which are bendy?" And um, I ha- I haven't, but I have seen them being used. I've also seen people peeling the stones off around the edge to lay them so that they make them look more random and you're not seeing the um, join in the sheet, which I think is a bit of a labour of love.
1: I think some of those um, fancy bathroom vignettes in Coroma have that bendy um, stone surface.
0: Remember Ah.
1: those curved bathrooms, like curved shower walls, They were quite attractive. I um, think
0: what no, I think what Karen's thinking about, it's like pebbles on a you know oh, how they okay. have like pebbles? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yep. Right.
0: Um they're on a sheet and the sheet bends, but yeah. Okay. 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 So let's venture into controversial territory. What about Hamptons and wainscoting?
1: What about it, Bernadette? I, I kind of hear a drum or um for <laughs> But for, for the wrath of the of the willow queen
0: like I think that Hamptons has its place, and like this is this is a bit tongue in cheek but i don't know i I feel like it's it is a little bit time to move on um it's for me, the traditional like I think the three birds do a great job of um sort of a play on the Hamptons, but much more um I think chilled and um yeah, not and different, but the traditional Hamptons, I think it's just too traditional, you know. I think it's as, too fussy. It's
1: a, it's yeah. it's sort of ador- adornment for the sake of adornment and for the sake of a look. Whereas yeah. I mean personally I'm more of a minimalist and so even that's why I'll be spending the money to remove coruses, um, just to get a yeah. cleaner look. And yep. Hamptons to me seems, seems too fussy, like it's overdone yep. as a look.
0: Yeah. So Karen Egan says she just panelled a lounge room to cover up all the old 80-year-old wavy plaster. Yeah, so as I said, there is there are reasons for doing things and sometimes it's, you know, it's a means to an end. Um, I see a lot of people on TikTok doing um, wall panelling, wainscoting, and I think there would have been a time when I would have loved to have done it. But I just feel like now it's just been so overdone. Um, I don't know. What do you think?
1: Yeah, um, I think not, nothing needs to be overdone now. And not. even with the plant, the, the natural plant that you have behind you, I mean, something as simple as as real plants um, and some dramatic, authentic artwork can can make all the difference on a simple. On a simple background. It doesn't yeah. need all that stuff. No. And, and it, 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 it's going to make your, your renovation more economical. I mean, we we, we did start this off with um, renovating for profit as a kind of a, a yeah. context for this.
0: Yeah. Yes. And interesting, the pictures behind me, and for those who are listening to the audio version, um this um it, this will be posted on youtube and you can come over and have a look so we've got this little thing that we do at the moment when we do arena and we take some photos of the local area and pick out some significant um images and frame them and um and so that's what you can see behind me that's actually the qvb um and so and yes just coupled with some a natural plant um, or palm is um, it's it's quite a good fresh uh, authentic look. So fake plants definitely out.
1: Okay, that's agree. clear. Yes, no fake plants. <laughs> well, I'll ask you then. Um, what about small accessory fake plants in the bathroom? Are they allowed or not?
0: I did say never say never, James. And I may have a few fake plants around the house, but my preference is for real ones.
1: Yep. So, so how how the you know one I've seen coming back is the is the timeless rubber plant. Is that back on your list? Because it, it yes. was really really big, and then it was definitely out, and now I see it coming back to compete with the um, with the What's the name of the one? The, the, the fiddle, fiddle leaf, leaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's giving the fiddle leaf a run for its money.
0: Yeah, I I like both. I own both. And, yeah, the fiddle leaf figs had a, had a fair innings, but I think there's still a bit of life left in it. I think anything that is natural and green um, is an asset to a, a, a living space.
1: I think there's a styling trend that both of those plants fit, and that is big like you know like just bold and big and i really love that myself like uh, if i'm a starly, uh, like you know, you know i'm big into styling events and i call them a theme park creating a theme park so uh, i think the best one is not necessarily done by me but they're but they're where people go over the top uh, with yeah. big bold things it doesn't have to be lots but yeah. when you do it do it do it bold
0: i completely agree um yeah particularly with palms and, yes. What's next on the hit list, James?
1: Okay, we've moved on from fact How about lighting, Bernadette?
0: Yes, downlights. So I used to think, or I used to say that halogens were the blowflies of the lighting industry, <laughs> but now it's downlights. In fact, I went to a lighting um workshop at the home show run by Mint Lighting. And this, um, I can't remember her name, but she was really clever and she was talking about, um, you know, creating a lighting plan and the the impact that you can have on a home by really clever lighting. And she actually said they they refer to downlights as pancakes and they hate them and i have to agree however there are still the odd there is still the odd occasion where a downlight is going to be the only thing that is going to work particularly like in wet areas uh where you've you, you may have you know a lower ceiling height and you may not want to have pendants or often a wall light will look quite nice but yeah so they have their place but not everywhere like uh, electricians tend to want to do.
1: Yeah. I think the thing for me, I mean, I personally have always hated the you know, lights, never, they've never been on my list. Uh, but the thing that they do serve is they can provide ambience for for the atmosphere. So they must, must, must be paired with dimmers, um, full light, their lights are a disaster, um, and for me personally, we may differ on this, but I like the entire house to be warm Kelvin. Like um, I'm not into cool lighting anywhere, maybe over the stove. Um, I might change my rules there. But in general, um, and, you know, our colleague, uh, Liz Gordon, who lived in Scandinavia, she shared this term. I might get the pronunciation wrong, but it's, she described it as hoogly. And what that means is the, the sort of the very comfy, cosy atmosphere, usually done with lighting. And when you're walking down the street, everyone's kind of competing to have the most cosy look. So they have their curtains open. So you're looking in to see that hoogly, um experience. And I personally, I love that. I have my timers or my smart lighting so that at 4 p.m. in winter and 5 p.m. in summer, the lights go on and they're all that soft, warm lighting, so um, no, there are lots. Uh, oh, my rules. gosh,
0: James, that is over the top,
1: well, I'm just saying. Kind of a feeling. I mean, when I come to your place, Bernadette, it's, it's full of atmosphere, so uh, is this the pot called in the Kettle Black?
0: oh okay okay um i think it's christine bounty that's saying back on the fake plants that she thinks that we need to be careful with uh with fake plants but if you have an area that doesn't get a lot of light they're great and i completely agree with you christine um Mm -hmm. even fake lawn um there's an application for it where the lighting is low um so back on the warmth of the globe, I really like uh, cool light or daylight in, um, in the kitchen and in the bathroom because I like them to look, to be looking really, really clean. But that's problematic if you've got an open plan kitchen living because you can't have cool on one side and, and warm on the other because it just doesn't work so yes yeah. so, the other yeah.
1: thing you can you can do is pair them with led so like led strip lights which can be hidden i'm personally in favor of hiding them i never like to see raw bulbs um or even like with the raw i don't like even seeing the lens of the led strip i want to hide the light so you just see the effect of the light but not the actual light Absolutely. And that can, that can give you a lot of flexibility in terms yeah. of of colour and and where you want the light, yeah. so um, yeah. so much versatility these days. And then when you put that together with smart lighting can, there can be controlled for colour temperature and dimming, uh, I mean th- this is so easy now, and it's not not expensive.
0: Absolutely not. No, and and uh, LED strip lighting is actually a DIY product. Yep. You don't yep. even need to have an electrician. It's good if you do, because then you can get it hardwired into your lighting circuit. But there are workarounds if you yeah, just.
1: Yeah, all, all they really need to do is place a strategic um, GPO as a, uh, in the right location and then you plug your, your, your LED into that.
0: Absolutely. So now I'm going to go for the big one and say. I am over sliding barn doors. Ooh. Yep. I think they've had their day. So we've got a massive one in our house and it's going with the renovation. Um, And the other thing is they're not all that practical, I don't think. And, like, for a long time I've really loved the look, but I've just decided, got to that point and decided we've had enough of them. It's time to move on.
1: She said yeah, good common authority. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you about that because you have a um about about doors and gates, because um I was visiting you recently and you have a charming dog, Harriet. And so I'm wondering what your brand new design window solution is going to be for dog-proof doors like gates.
0: Mm. Well, at the moment, it's a um, it's a baby gate.
1: Oh no! I think you need to go beyond that.
0: Oh, I don't know. I think that's a bit hard, James.
1: Well, you better get your architect shadow onto it, I say.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh well, she's jumped so high that she can all, almost clear the baby gate, anyhow. So let's think about what things we love. Sure. And. Top of the list is Mid-Century Modern. Hooray. Hmm. I love and that. For a long time I didn't really like it, and I think it's because I had negative connotations. Like my parents had Danish Deluxe when I was growing up, and I thought it was pretty ordinary. And um, But as time's gone on, it's grown on me, and I really love the timbers. You know, they're often... Really warm, like teak and cedar. So yeah, it's I think a very that...
1: simple, elegant um, design aesthetic about it too. And yeah. some of our some of our most remarkable um, industrial designers, furniture designers in history, um, were kind of they came out of that era, and their designs are absolutely timeless. Yeah, you know, like Mies yeah. van der Rohe and some of his furniture, which have been around for 50 years. Yeah. They're still absolutely top-of-the-range beautiful and sleek and elegant. So yeah. um, I think one of the interesting things about mid-century modern is that, and I'm testament to this, I have three chairs in my home, all of which have been picked up from the street for free. Um, oh! So not everyone appreciates um, the value of them, but keep your eye out and yeah. you can get some really nice pieces.
0: Yeah, awesome. Now, um, yeah, well, natural stone is another thing that we absolutely love. I know uh, a lot of people worry about uh, looking after it, you know, particularly marble bench tops and so on, but I think that natural stone is always a winner whether it's your kitchen bench or a feature wall or, um, yeah. Have you got any natural stone planned for your reno, James?
1: Well, uh, look, talking to you, I need to have it um, for kitchen bench top. Um, and, you know, this whole controversy over the high silicon um, yeah. of the manufactured stone, it's a serious problem. Um, yes. for The people who cut it. Um uh, it's kind of like the modern asbestos, and so. But as you've informed me, the natural stone is in general very low, so they can and, and without the same risks for the, yeah. the 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 cutters and the installers.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, what I'm finding is buying the sheet of stone is not that much more. But it's the cutting and the installation, it's significantly more than composite stone. Why is that? I have no idea because like marble is softer. So if anyone um, that's listening or watching knows, we would love to hear from you because it's a pretty um, constant conversation amongst us at the moment. I found a product in um, Marrickville, this company's pioneered this method, and they make bench tops out of recycled bottles like coke bottles, plastic bottles but and I David said he was specifying it in a couple of jobs but I don't know that it's going to be durable enough for, um, for our project. It's very it's not very expensive um, but yeah I don't really fancy the idea of having plastic benches. I think they I look worry. they
1: look good. yeah I'm a bit wary about that. I wonder about the cost of the trades if it is, like many trades, um, short supply and um, high demand, and so it's opportunism yeah. um, from the trades point of view, which, you know, um, again, that probably points to how can you build a relationship with yes. your stonemasons? I mean, if you're doing a lot, I guess you could. Yeah. But if it's only occasional... Then yeah, you always have to look out to build a new relationship.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Karen's asking, are there any uh, parts or brands or types which are okay? And yes, there there are low silica uh, products. Um, I am told. So um, yeah, but I haven't used them yet. One of them is I think um Kathy Madell said it's called Evolve Stone or something like that. So, yeah.
1: Well, the industry is going to have to get all over that because if they don't, they will be legislated out of existence.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: No doubt they're going to be um, exploring that. And it's a good
0: good thing because some stonemasons just have no respect for themselves. Like they will cut and there will be dust flying everywhere and they won't have a mask or anything on. And so, you know, that's sure to end in
1: tears it is yeah yeah Yeah.
0: um so the other thing is like this is i think pretty obvious natural timbers either in floors or a joinery any element of your reno um personally i don't like too much timber i certainly don't like too much warm timber uh but yeah if we're going to have timber it's good that if it's natural, same with plants, same with stone. And what else have we got on the... So what
1: about with the hardwood floors? I mean, I understand if you're doing a full a plank of, of hardwood, but what about the composite floors? How much? How many of those are available as like a real timber surface rather than a fake timber surface?
0: So, most of the engineered floors are they're a plywood substrate, so technically it's still timber, and they have a a timber veneer three or four mil timber veneer on top. So, you remember that herringbone floor we put in? Yes,
1: that was beautiful.
0: Sorry, um, we put in Darley Street. Well, that was oak, um, and that was that was the composition of that. But so they the, were
1: actually multi layered tiles, were they? Of, so of they
0: yeah, they're they're boards and they're made yeah. from a base of
1: uh-huh.
0: plywood, or I think they were oak and then a um, a you know veneer yeah. of
1: real timber on top. And it's still um, available to do um, <laughs> oh, fit out, figure out think, some flooring.
0: I think he would leave me if I asked him to do a job like that again.
1: He so, did an amazing job. I can't wait to walk on it.
0: No, well, it's not far off, James. We're almost there. Um, so the um, so the hybrid is just plastic. Hybrid floors really. Are, there's nothing timber about them. Um, Laminate are a like an MDF base, yeah. and then they have the equivalent to a photograph of wood yeah. grain on the top. So. Right. So the flooring people tell me everyone wants hybrid. I have to say I have used it, but I'm not that in love with it. Um, so, yeah.
1: I, if, if you're going to go that direction, I'd rather go to a linoleum. Like, a, like to go with something real real vinyl, like, a, as a look rather than a fake look.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think, well, I definitely think there's a place for, um, like, a laminate in a you know in a property that you're going to sell depending on the price point. Um, but when you look you're looking at your own home, then yeah, I'd
1: agree well, with uh, you. I mentioned to you the other day a, a huge warehouse renovation I did for a residence for myself in Melbourne. And it was freezing cold. It was like um tall, tall ceilings with metal roofs. And I had to do something on the floor. And the only thing I could afford at the time was masonite. And so how I made that work was I chamfered the edges of the masonite boards so that there was like a little V cut um, to distinguish the the joins and kind of brag about the the joins. And then randomly I cut the corners off them and I inserted bright colored mosaic tiles. And I finished the whole floor with um, a tongue oil and over time, it's just got this beautiful burnished leather look. So I'm still proud of that. And when I do a warehouse again, I'm coming, I'm going to revisit that. So <laughs> that was my budget floor solution.
0: That's very creative, James. Yeah. Okay. I think we're to the end of the list. Um,
1: oh, no, we haven't. Person's oh, S folds. Yes. S folds. We're I loving it. I have to it. say, this is the, the Wonder Woman, the She Weather secret. Uh, styling solution, and not so I've secret, used it, not so secret. I've seen it used so successfully. In fact, I've even had to hang them myself. So um, they are really beautiful, classic sheer curtains. Do you ever do them with um, multi layers and more than more than yes. A sheer? Yes,
0: yes, definitely. I don't actually. I haven't done them with multi layers, but I have seen them done with multi layers okay. so
1: and, yeah. and to to paddle or not to paddle
0: well i the, there's a bit of a compromise james because if you puddle it sort of messes up the s curve yep. yep so
1: so a kiss
0: <laughs> that's very technical of you
1: a kiss of the a kiss to the floor what well, would Christina Reed say?
0: Oh, I don't know. I'll ask her tomorrow. I'm going to check out her project. Also, oh, are you? Oh,
1: yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. were you on the um, last night's tutorial?
1: No, I wasn't.
0: Okay. So, one of our Wonder Women, Jane Lynch, is a very experienced uh, property stylist, and she actually trains property stylists. And she ran a session and um, I was told this morning, I didn't I didn't see it, but it was told this morning that in a lot of the projects that she was showing, there were no curtains. Okay. And she said that's just the developers or the builders that've done them have opted not to have curtains. And so they've just gone with that. So I'm really curious to see the replay of that, to see, you know, because I always think curtains really soften a room. Yeah. So that's an interesting perspective.
1: Very yeah. But meanwhile, other other than that, with the bare bare bones um look, um S-folds are a the bad friends friend, right?
0: They are, yeah. Because yeah. there's so many, um, you can buy them off the shelf. Um, and we've found a a few designs that are just really, really nice, got a nice natural weave and they bring some texture to the room and but are also still very elegant
1: the use of them in the class project in newcastle we used them in all three bedrooms and the living room and we used it um on the dining room side of the the living room as well i mean i thought they they came across magnificently yes um, in yeah. fact
0: and like very because everything we do we do on a shoestring budget budget so um they obviously fitted into that budget. Um, and we should pop some photos into the replay yeah. to show you what we mean.
1: The other um, thing we did with with, uh, with those windows was um, where we needed the privacy, which is the narrow Venetians. And whilst we would have chosen a timber or a fake timber white, that wasn't available in all the spotlight stores that I was visiting. So we ended up going with a um, uh, silver, silver, and th- it was very effective, it worked really well, yeah. very inexpensive, but you know, quite very nice behind the, the shears,
0: yeah. Because the thing is, silver like you think, oh god, I'd never put silver in, in, in a house, but because the uh curtains were a neutral color, yes, yeah. the, the silver just blended in behind, whereas if you had white, it would have really stuck out,
1: yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was fortuitous how, how that worked out. Yeah. So mm.
0: um so if you're um listening to this replay, what are your pet loves and also what do you think we should move on from? Because you know, we are you know, we're part of the buying population and we, we'll run our own little survey and just find mm-hmm. out. You know what, what your um, preferences are in terms of interiors, and yeah, collate a little um, collection of ideas.
1: And I think also there's a, there's a kind of an underlying theme about uh, savvy renovators. Um, we want to save money, um, we're, we're doing um, renovation for profit, and um, many of these ideas help us with those goals.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, well, thank you for joining me for this um, episode, James. It's, all, it's always nice to have some company when I'm technically meant to be going solo. Um, just, yeah, it's much easier to banter than talk to yourself. Thanks to everyone that is watching. Um, and to those of you who are joining us at Retreat next week, You are in for a big treat because we're, yeah, we're going to have a a fun-filled week and lots of inspiration and, yeah. And we'll be sharing lots on social media, so um, keep your eye out to those who aren't going to be there so we can share a little bit of the magic with you.
1: Thanks, Bernadette.
0: Thanks, James. This is the She Renovates podcast.